This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Canada continues to grapple with the aftermath of last year's wildfire season. And 2024 presents new challenges. Elevated winter temperatures are creating a notable reduction in snowpack. Snowpack is the accumulation of snow layers that typically form during colder months and serve as a critical natural reservoir. And the impact of warm weather can cause a variety of environmental issues, including floods. Experts are sounding the alarm for improved preventative measures. Dr. Annabella Bonata has more on this. Dr. Bonata is the Director of Climate Adaptation Science at the Intact Centre. Dr. Bonata, thank you so much for making time to join me this morning. I'm really grateful for this conversation. Hi, Dave. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the snowpack. How has the warm weather in December in Ontario impacted the snowpack? So you've probably, if you're especially in Southern Ontario and you look out your window, you're not going to see any snow at all at this point. And for this time of the season, we would have seen quite a bit of snow. Um, we had warmer than normal temperatures in December, and I'm going to predict that by the end of January, so today we might see that same kind of number come out, uh, warmer than normal January, and much less precipitation uh, as snow so we've seen more rain actually occur mm. um and so yeah we just don't have that snow that we usually have at this time of the year what's the possible correlation between that lack of precipitation that lack of snowpack and flooding yeah so there's it, it's it's a interesting correlation um because the snowpack usually um works to hold the water. So then it'll replenish our, our lakes and our wetlands once it starts to slowly melt. Uh, when it rapidly melts, it, it leads to flooding. Um, but now that we don't have a snowpack, um, what it's actually doing, it's not so much that the snowpack is leading to more flooding, but the type of precipitation that we're getting in Ontario. Um, so just last week, we had a lot of rain. It was almost like an extreme rain event. That would have usually been a snowstorm that would have accumulated snow. Um, but instead, we actually saw some flooded areas, such as uh, some of our expressways were flooded, some roads were flooded. So we're seeing flooding in the winter in a way that we wouldn't have in other years necessarily, which is due to a lot of rain instead of snow. If, if you take a step back and look at the season that Canada had last year in terms of wildfire, what are the bigger implications of the warm and dry weather that led into last summer? So... That was such a big issue last summer that I'm I'm worried for this summer as well. So just um, to talk about last summer, the previous winter had already been quite warm and dry across Canada, so not just in Ontario. Um, and so that meant less snow as well, um, drier vegetation, more fuel on the ground for wildfire. And then we had an early spring, if if you remember, for 2023, and it was a, a warmer a warmer spring, um, and especially in places such as Alberta, where the, where the wildfires really took off, mm. um, those warmer temperatures ignited um, 
sorry, so, you know, a wildfire would have been ignited for by lightning, let's say, or some sort of way. And then because of the warm temperatures, um, it quickly spreads. So you have hot, dry weather, hot, dry uh, wind that will release spreads. Uh, the flames um, from vegetation to vegetation. And because the winter had been so dry um, and warmer than normal, we had much more dry vegetation on the ground uh, for those wildfires to burn through. And what about looking ahead to this year? There's also the El Nino weather system that has been hanging around throughout the winter heading into the spring. What's the possible impact of continued warm, dry weather in conjunction with that El Nino system? It can be uh, pretty bad for us here in Canada. So we've already heard quite a bit of drought is going on. And this ha- had already been occurring in Canada since last year, but El Nino is augmenting those con- conditions, especially again out in Alberta, in some parts of BC, um, in Ontario, because again, we have a reduced snowpack, we'll likely see uh, lower river levels, lower lake levels than what we're used to. All of this is starting to set the stage for what could be another. Uh, interesting wildfire season to to not have another name for it. My hopes, of course, are that we better manage the wildfire season um, ahead of time. Uh, but the likelihood that it it will be similar to the last one, or at least quite intense, it, it's very high. Just because El Nino means warmer than normal temperatures for much of Canada, um, so we're yeah we're staring down at uh, the same at a similar kind of season from what we saw last year. Advocates have been talking about preventative measures and mitigation for a while. It felt like it really came into public discourse significantly last summer with the flooding and fires. Why has the traditional approach on prevention and mitigation, why has it been ineffective and why and what problems does it pose moving forward? So I think what's really been ineffective is that we've been more of a reactive society. So we we react to these major events. So after your home has flooded, after the roads have flooded, we go out and do things to uh, help the community, help those people. And similarly with wildfire, um, that's costing Canada, Canadians. So it's not just the government that's paying it off. It's residents that are paying off the cost of flooding and wildfire. It's it's quite a lot. Um, So if we start to shift the focus to preventing and preparing ahead of time, uh, that we can help lower those costs and protect our homes, protect our belongings, protect our neighbors, our lives, our our livelihood. And what that looks like is some of the work that we do at the Intech Center on Climate Adaptation. And it's just easy measures that you can implement around your own home, for example. Um, So if you're in in an area that can flood, which is mostly anywhere in Canada because of extreme rain events, um, think about if you have a basement, do you have a sump pump? Um, Do you have have a backup battery for your sump pump. And this can really help uh, when a flooding event might occur in your area. Um, And that's just one measure. There are many things that you can do, and some of them are low cost or no cost, such as just maintaining your home. Um, So make sure to remove leaves from your eaves troughs and from any drainage areas, and that will already help quite a bit. Um, And with wildfires, it's very similar. There's so much that residents can do to prepare their homes. And a lot of it has to do with removing vegetation that's very close to your home. So you don't really want any flammable material up to 1.5 meters away from your home, like the 
like vegetation wise. Um, but really you want anything that's very flammable 10 meters away. So if you have a barbecue tank um, or any like large trees, they should be trimmed back as much as possible and not have branches hanging over your home. Um, and so these are just some of the many measures that there are, but they're small and you can start to implement them ahead of the next season uh, and really protect your home. Dr. Bonata, you know what the problem is? People are going to be playing this clip for their partners on the weekend and say, hey, you see the honeydew list? You got to get the honeydew list done or else. <laughs> yeah, I encourage people to take the weekend <laughs> to do something like that. Um, I know it sounds boring, but you won't want to do it when your house is flooding or when your house is close to a fire. So do it now that winter's kind of boring and the days are dreary, dreary and you don't really want to be out there. Um, do some maintenance around the home. This is the opportunity. <laughs> okay, I accept your position. That's fine by me. <laughs> Dr. Bonata, thank you for this insight this morning. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Have a lovely day. Let's catch up again down the road. Thank you, Dave. Sounds great. That's Dr. Annabella Bonata, the Director of Climate Adaptation Science at the Intact Center. Coming up next, you know that taking care of your personal health can be a complicated process. So what can you do to manage your healthcare appointments and treatments in an effective way? Wellness advocate Shane Baker will offer some guidance. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.